So welcome everyone to another episode of the Chronic Fatigue and Burnout Recovery Podcast. I am delighted today to have a guest on the show and I'd love to welcome Charlotte to the show and I'm just going to say a little quick blurb about who she is but um, we're going to be talking a lot more about that today. Um, So Charlotte was a busy mum of two who had the perfectionist helper achiever patterns that we all know so well and she really pushed herself to a breaking point and then eventually she got the flu and that was the sort of tipping point for her that tipped her into chronic fatigue syndrome. She is now in recovery slash recovered. Charlotte, maybe you can tell us exactly where you are in your recovery, but it's taken her six years to get to where she is now. Um, And she's used many tools to get to the place that she is, one of which is yoga, specifically restorative yoga, which is why I wanted to have Charlotte on the podcast today to share all the joys of restorative yoga with us. But before we go into all of that, um, Charlotte, welcome and thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's a complete honor to be here, Anna. Your podcast is brilliant. I just wish those these resources had been around when I was first ill. And I think that education, understanding the condition is such a huge, huge, important part of recovery. So thank you for having me. No, it's such a pleasure. And I would say as well as, um, you know, my goal with this podcast is to create all that information that I didn't have as well, even in my line of work and organize it in a way that's easily digestible for other people. So I really appreciate that. And um, just to say as well, that I know you, Charlotte, because I was looking for a Pilates teacher for one of my clients and I crowdsourced on Instagram for some recommendations and someone had messaged me and said, this isn't a Pilates teacher, but I would highly recommend Charlotte for yoga. And I just started following your account. I had a little look and um, yeah, and kind of never looked back. And then I realized that there were a few other people sort of in my community that were also in your community. And it seems like you're doing wonderful work in terms of bringing your offerings to the community. So it's just lovely how all the little connections happen and you start to get to know everybody in this kind of chronic illness space. Absolutely. And that's one of the beauties of social media, isn't it? If we can hold it lightly and not spend too long on there and not go down the rabbit holes, <laughs> yeah. then it's a really great way to make connections. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. So I don't know all the details of your journey. So I'm actually very much looking forward to hearing a little bit more about your story today. And um, so did you want to start there and just tell us about where this whole journey began? Because it usually starts long before you even become properly ill doesn't it so really over to you tell us all about you it certainly does and I think I think that's it with the beauty of hindsight I now know that I began my slide into CFS in probably in about 2008 it was during my second pregnancy and my achiever perfectionist and helper personality traits were driving my life as I've mentioned I was pregnant with our second child pushing myself to be a super mum. I was managing a complete house um, renovation. Um, and across the course of that pregnancy, I was hospitalised a few times with, with severe dizziness and with fatigue. Um, and I generally just wasn't particularly well across that pregnancy. I then had a planned home birth at which I hemorrhaged and was rushed to hospital. I um, 
declined the blood transfusion. I just wanted to get home. I collapsed a few more times and really was very poorly for about six months after the birth. I was diagnosed with postnatal depression, which I think probably was a misdiagnosis. I was just really, really very tired and very run down. Um, After a few months, I began to get a little bit more energy back, but was still constantly plagued with viruses, dizzy spells. After two further house moves, including one to a new area in the country. So that's four house moves in two years, two children under five. Uprooting, yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, And this ridiculous belief that I could exercise and push my way back to energy and health. In January of 2011, I got the flu and that was it. In bed for many weeks. And so by this point, I was pretty much completely bedbound, really struggled to tolerate light or sound. The fatigue was completely debilitating, unlike anything I had ever experienced before. And that was coupled with these flu-like symptoms, headaches, dizziness, a complete inability to balance my blood sugar. So needing to eat every 90 minutes and throughout the night, completely unrefreshing sleep. And although I didn't understand it at the time when I pushed myself to do anything, even just have a shower or go downstairs to see the children, I would then have post-exertional malaise. So it was a really challenging time. I was diagnosed very quickly, actually, by kind of CFS standards by the NHS GP, um, who told me it was a post-viral fatigue. And given my history, it might be more than that. And pretty much this was it now. This was my new life. And I was going to have to just learn to cope and I could have some more antidepressants if I wanted them, which felt like a pretty miserable diagnosis and a pretty miserable place to be. So I decided to seek help elsewhere and sought out a private GP who did a whole host of tests, found some deficiencies, some slight abnormalities, nothing huge. She made some sensible dietary recommendations, cutting out things that caused inflammation, so sugar, caffeine, alcohol, wasn't drinking anyway, gluten, um, took some supplements. I had regular intravenous vitamin infusions. She suggested structured help at home, so there was less anxiety from me about the children. And all of this helped to a degree across about a 12-month, very up-and-down period, um, I got to a place where I could function within the house. So I could, in the morning, make breakfast and pack lunches for the children as they went off to school, nursery. I could then sit and manage to watch CBeebies with them when they came in from school and nursery. Um, And then my husband put us all to bed at 7 o'clock. So it was better, but it certainly wasn't a quality of life that any of us wanted. And we were barely functioning. You know, my husband was fantastic. We had two brilliant local friends who did the school and nursery runs. My parents would come every week and cover off things like swimming lessons. But it was not what we wanted. Yeah, just kind of holding everything together is what the feeling I get. Yeah, exactly. And I was mentally very low by this point, really, really struggling mentally. It was at this point we discovered the Optimal Health Clinic. And I began working with Jess Thompson there, who's a fantastic psychologist. And she helped me understand the condition and begin to deal with the trauma of being that unwell for that length of time. And I hadn't really appreciated that I was going through a trauma. 
I thought of trauma as these, you know, capital T big traumatic events rather than small T ongoing constant, constant sort of stressful situation. So that was really helpful. I met some other people through the optimal health clinic and suddenly realized I wasn't alone. And I came across people who'd recovered. And this was the first time I'd had this experience. Up until this point, I'd just been told, this is it. You're you're in this situation and it's not going to get much better. So that was really helpful. I learned to use EFT so I could process my emotions. And this all helped a little bit more energy. I began seeing a cranial osteopath. And she was very skilled, very gentle. It wasn't the parent technique, but I... Now I know there will be some similarities between that. And all of this was helping. I was able to do the school run in the afternoon because I could rest before and afterwards. I could occasionally take the children to their swimming lessons. So there were, things were improving, but I was still so anxious, incredibly anxious, wired, still not enjoying sleep, refreshing sleep. Um, and I knew I needed to calm my nervous system. I wasn't sure how. I took a meditation course, which helped while I was doing the meditations, but as soon as they finished, I sprang straight back up into that really anxious and wired yeah. state. I have a lot of clients who experience that as well. Yeah. Yeah, really unpleasant. You know, I would be walking 150 meters from our house to the infant school where the children were, and a car would go past and I would startle and it would be, you know, my heart would be going. So it was a really um, challenging time from an anxiety point of view. And it was about this time I began to practice a little bit of yoga at home with a DVD. And most of it was well beyond my ability. But the very gentle movement and the breath was soothing. And that gave me the confidence to start to look for some yoga outside of the house. And I found a brilliant local teacher. I lay on the floor for 90% of the class. She was really welcoming and accepting and understanding, reassuring about that. And it gave me the option to begin to integrate with the outside world, which I hadn't done for a long time, but in a really calm way. So I could see people, I could be in the same room as them, I could breathe alongside them, but I wasn't having to interact or talk, which would have been too much for my nervous system at that point. And I then tried other classes. I spent most of my time in a class where the rest of the participants were probably about 70 or 80 years old. They were doing a lot more than I was, but it was really helpful. Um, Alongside this, I discovered restorative yoga. And while doing a little bit in classes outside of the house, began bringing it into my routine at home. So I started to gather the props and teach myself the most comfortable positions where I could stay for time. So it allowed myself that physical rest, that mental rest and the emotional rest. Because if you're not familiar with restorative yoga, it's where we use props to put the body into a position where we're gently manipulating the nervous system and telling it to calm and settle. So we're doing that on a physical level. And then we allow the mental and the emotional tension to start to unwind. Sometimes that's done in silence, but very often when we've got anxiety, silence is too jarring. So we need a yoga nidra to be guided, some calming breath work, something that brings us out of the head and into the body. So this was my home practice, along with some very gentle movement and breath work. And I just wanted to learn more. It's this fantastic, ancient, incredible system and way of being, way of living. And I think very often in the West, it gets slimmed down to asana, to the physical practice. You know, certainly if we spend any time on social media, yoga is very often portrayed as 
a slim white woman in a bikini on a beach and doing a handstand <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. and there was no way I could have done any of those things at that point so I decided to take a year's foundation course in yoga with the British School of Yoga which taught me more about the history and the philosophy and I began to understand some of the thoughts behind it so for example one of the key texts is Patanjali's Yoga Sutras and in the sutras we start with the yamas and the niyamas and that's ways of being with yourself and ways of being in the world and the first one of those is ahimsa which is about not forcing about being kind to yourself and to others and that's something i hadn't been doing i've been pushing myself so starting to look at these ways of being from the yoga historical texts and infiltrating those into my life was really really helpful and after doing that year of foundation I decided to take a full three and a half year yoga teacher training and I was recovering at this point I wasn't well it was part of the recovery so sometimes I would spend almost the whole day in the training laying on the floor in a restorative pose just listening and the training I took was with a brilliant teacher who I still regularly go to her classes now Lisa Suda and she's also a yoga therapist and she was very understanding and the teacher training was about the whole of yoga, all of the eight limbs, studying all of the historical texts. It wasn't about the perfect handstand, the perfect headstand. We did learn that. We learned how to practice it and how to teach it, but it was just a small part. And all of this helped with my recovery. And the more it helped with my recovery, the more I was drawn to helping others, to sharing these very gentle practices of yoga that I think so often get missed in our busy, fast-paced, crazy world that the majority of us live in. And that's what you do now. That's what I do now. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. um, I feel like I've got so many questions and also like it's just so lovely just to hear you speak. I can just sit and like listen to you talk. And I was just thinking how um, your energy seems to perfectly match this kind of calm, soothing, um, restorative quality that um, you're offering your, your clients. Um, the, one of the questions I had while you were talking was, uh, you mentioned how the meditation was okay in the moment, but then you kind of went from like zero all the way to 100 after finishing how did you find or what do you think was different about doing the yoga, which is is kind of a meditation in itself, um, versus doing like more of a traditional meditation? Yeah. So um, if we look at the traditional system of yoga, meditation comes at the end. So we work through the yamas and the niyamas, which are ways of being with ourselves and ways of being with others. We then work through the physical body, doesn't have to be huge amounts of movement but is just using the body <clears throat> and then using the breath and then withdrawing the senses and then working through the stages of meditation so what I've been doing on this course is I've been whizzy whizzy anxious sit focus start to calm and then straight back up mm. and when we look at the yoga model we have this sort of the body up tools which is where we're doing things with the physical body as well as the brain down tools, which is the focus breath, the pranayama, the meditation, and the two kind of come together. And I hadn't appreciated that or been doing that. I'd just been doing that, trying to think my way out of the anxiety, which, as we know, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't work most of the time. You need the kind of the bottom up and the, the top down, if you like. 
Yeah, I absolutely love that. That's something I talk about as well as, you know, not so much from a yoga perspective, but kind of when we're looking at like somatic therapy versus like NLP or coaching or psychotherapy, talk about the the top down and the bottom up, but I've never heard someone describe it or explain it just within those eight limbs of yoga in that way before. And I just think it fits so beautifully. So thank you for that. Um, so how would you describe a restorative yoga practice for somebody who's in their fatigue recovery journey, but they, they're like, this is supposed to be good, but I don't even know what it is. So if somebody came to one of your classes, what would that look like? What would their experience be like? Sure. So restorative yoga is where we take props. Some are specific yoga props, but often we can take things from around the house, pillows and blankets and cushions, scarves. And we use those to put the body into a position where we're telling the body it's safe. So it might be that the back of the body is supported at a 45 degree angle, which engages the reticular activating system. It might be that the legs are raised, which steadies the heart rate. It might be we put as many joints as possible into flexion which again signals to the nervous system it's time to rest. So we put ourselves into these positions and we stay for time. So one of the courses I run, which is about taking regular deep breaths, we just learn one posture a week and we practice that for 20 to 40 minutes a day. It takes the average person somewhere between 8 and 15 minutes to go from a state of arousal to a state of rest. So if we stay there for about 20 minutes we know we've got into that state of rest. So in the dream scenario, we would take these mini rests through the day with our one or two or however many postures we particularly like. And then once or twice a week, we take a longer practice of 60 to 90 minutes where we would combine a few different postures. And in those longer practices, we might take postures which are a little bit shorter, maybe five or 10 minutes, building up to the longer postures. And in my classes, I tend to talk gently, guide some relaxation, and we gradually wend our way to a little bit of silence. And I think that's the difference with going to a restorative class in a studio is very often it's all in silence. And in time, that is blissful. My practice now is nearly always in silence, but I certainly couldn't have started there because it would have been too jarring. I would have laid there with my head, just mind blending thoughts, and that wouldn't have been restful at all. So that's the restorative practice. It's these little pockets of rest throughout the day that ideally we take independently and then longer practices that we perhaps take as part of a collective, part of a group. And I think that collective group element is something that's really, really useful and really important. And I certainly get good feedback from people in our community that we start the Zoom class 15 minutes before we begin the practice. and People share. And it's absolutely not group therapy. It is, I've had a great week. I've been out on the bus. I've been in the garden. Or I've had a hard week. I've changed my supplements. Or I had a falling out with a friend. And and it's these few minutes of summarising how life is that makes people feel quite connected. And then everyone's muted. And we practice. And usually then people just click and go because they're nice and relaxed. And it's just a wonderful community to be part of. Yeah. I actually also realized um, one of my long-term clients was doing your yoga classes. She always used to talk about 
Um, and I think actually I've mentioned Joan a few times on this podcast now. She's going to start to think she's famous, but <laughs> um, as she mentioned a few times about this wonderful yoga class she does and how she really feels the the community. And one of her fears of being well was, um, well, what happens now to those connections that I've built? You know, if I don't need to do as much restorative yoga anymore. Um, because now I want to do other things or use my energy in different ways. Um, you know, there's a, almost like a fear of losing the community that had been created. And I think, I think that is obviously a natural part of the healing journey as things change. But I think it's also a testament to the community that you've created and the service that you've um, offered to create that space that people don't want to leave even when they are experiencing more health. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's a really lovely, lovely group. Um, and what often happens with the restorative yoga is people need it a lot when they're very first ill and then they pull away from it and they might come to some of the other classes I offer, like the very gentle and the gentle yoga, which is more movement-based. And then they go back to working and looking after their families and doing all that busy stuff and they almost go full circle and come back to restorative again because their life is so busy and so full they need that 60 or 90 minutes in the week to just be held absolutely yeah Yeah, it's because these practices are I think lifelong tools not just practices for people who are ill you know I always say to my clients that like this nervous system self-care and this nervous system support it's not just like a need for chronic illness people it's it's a human need that we all have and um yeah a lot of my clients will say as they start working with me and learning about the nervous system they start to realize how dysregulated everybody else in their life is and I'm like everybody should be doing this work it's not just you absolutely absolutely yes yeah and I think what is um Circling back to the community, what is particularly nice about the on a Wednesday offer what's called gentle yoga, which is moving more toward traditional yoga you might see in a class. It is more gentle than you might find in a traditional class. And we link in the philosophy and the history and try and have a message we can take off the mat. But it is more for that stage when you are out and about in the world a bit more. And what's lovely about that class is one student who joins has been joining me for yoga since I first started teaching five-ish years ago when I taught in person and she still comes and she had a fatigue condition when she was a lot younger she's fully recovered but she still comes along to the Wednesday class which is really nice it's a real um a real joy to see her yeah and it's, a, I think, a testament to you as well, the space that you're creating that people want to continue to come back to, which is wonderful. And so where are you in terms of your own healing journey? Um, would you say that you are fully recovered? How would you describe your health? I find that a really difficult question to Me answer. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Because in many ways, yes, I'm fully recovered. I don't have those symptoms I used to have. When I look back and see how ill I was, I would find it difficult to say that I am not recovered. But I do think this recovery is a lifelong journey in many ways. And my health goes up and down like everybody else's. And when I'm unwell, if I have a virus or if I've had a very stressful period, I feel it more than perhaps others around me might feel it. But I have more tools to hold myself. 
so yes, I consider myself to be recovered, but the way I live my life is now a lifelong way of living. Yeah. The way I eat, um, the support supplements that I take, the nervous system work I do, all the other tools, the EFT sometimes comes back in. Um, so I haven't gone back to living the way I used to live or being the person I used to live. I've got this whole sort of new way of being. Yeah, I think that there's definitely an identity shift that is required as we as we heal. And it's I think you can't kind of heal and then just go back to your old life. A lot of us learn that the, the old life was dysfunctional for many different reasons. But the reason I like to ask this question is because I think that there I think there can be some miscommunications about the healing journey on Instagram and these social media platforms, which are, of course, fantastic for so many reasons, because they're bringing more information to people who maybe, you know, as you say, like six years ago, there wasn't as much information there. But there's a lot of like um, the picture that's painted of what healing looks like, I sometimes think is a little bit unrealistic for everyone. Um, and it's really important. I think people with chronic illness are so vulnerable. It's really important to paint healthy and balanced pictures of what healing looks like and that it it takes time and commitment and you develop new habits and patterns and you stick with those habits and patterns, you know, for, for the long haul, not just the short time. So thank you for being so transparent with your answer. No, absolutely. And I think... Um... I try to share that on my social media. You know, I'm well enough now. So, for example, earlier this year, we were very lucky. We took the children skiing, and that was brilliant. We've done that a few times since I've been well enough to do that. Um, but I will always come back and take my restorative practice after a few hours out on the slopes and really rest. And I'll go to bed early, and I will eat all the really healthy foods that I know give me energy. So I certainly wouldn't be taking the sort of skiing holiday that some people might take where they're out from eight in the morning till eight in the evening and they're drinking at lunchtime. And, you know, that wouldn't that wouldn't work for me. But that doesn't mean I think I'm still ill. It means I'm managing my health. Yeah, absolutely. I hear you with that. And so in terms of the restorative yoga in your own journey, do you feel like because you described you did lots of different things you you did a lot of work with a doctor you had the vitamin ivs you did the eft you did the psychotherapy and um it sounds like it was when you started to get into this um yoga and restorative yoga and use it from you know, both the top down and bottom up perspective that was the thing that really gave you that extra bit of wellness and quality of life um, would is is that an accurate representation of your experience? I think for me, and I would imagine this is the same for many people, recovery is multifaceted. You need all of these things. Mm. You just need them in the right order at the right time. Yeah. Absolutely. And I was thinking about what was helpful in my journey and what was unhelpful in my journey. And there wasn't that much that was unhelpful, but it was just the wrong thing or the right thing at the wrong time. Yeah, I have sense. many of those. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. So everything played a part. Everything was helpful. I certainly couldn't have got better just by doing restorative yoga. And I think anybody who says this one thing is going to cure you, I would be really, really quite nervous about that. It was all of the things together. It was the sum of the parts. But for me now, the yoga practices, the restorative yoga, the gentle movement, the breath work, the mudra, the embodying qualities of yoga, 
all of that is really helping to keep me well. Mm, yeah, and just preserve your resilience as you move through your the rest of your life and all the all the things you've got to do. How old are your kids now? Sixteen and fourteen. So my sixteen-year-old okay. is just starting her GCSEs. Um, yeah, yeah. So busy life, yeah. busy and full. I'm sure. Busy and brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, just listening to you speak, Charlotte, I think I have the benefit of being in your presence and really feeling how beautiful and soothing your energy is. Um, And also just the way that you talk about the yoga practices, you sound so knowledgeable and um, it's, um, I think you're a very good saleswoman, (laughs) but I feel like I need to go do some restorative yoga now after listening to you. Um, But tell us a little bit more about how the different offerings that you have and um, how you support people in this sort of chronic illness, chronic fatigue community. Yeah, sure. Um, So there's the the restorative restorative yoga offering um, where we join on a Monday evening for an extended practice. And Thursday afternoons, which is alternate Thursday afternoons, and that's recorded. So that is for deep rest. Gather your props, come together, chat if you want to first, and then take deep rest. I then offer very gentle yoga, and that's on a Friday morning. And that class is 75 minutes, which sounds like a long time. And often people go, oh, I couldn't do 75 minutes of yoga. But in that class, we will settle for the first 10 to 15 minutes laying down, taking a practice which begins to bring us out of our head and into our body. And then there's some gentle movement with the breath and then rest. Gentle movement with the breath and rest. Almost all from laying down. Sometimes we come to all fours. And then at the end of that class, we take a 20, 25 minute deep rest where I will guide something to soothe the nervous system. And that class is designed so when we have a little bit of energy coming back, it's designed to help move it around the body because it often gets stuck in the nervous system, doesn't it? So you find you're quite anxious. So that's the very gentle yoga. And then on a Wednesday is gentle yoga. And that's an hour. It's short because there is more movement. Again, we begin laying, connect to the breath, some gentle movement, the option to come to stand or come to sit on a chair. And then we come to lay back down and finish with some soothing breath work. And that's for when you're at that point in your recovery when you're wanting to build a little bit more strength yeah and just listening to these offerings I I wish I had known about you earlier in my own journey because I think I I came from this sort of background of being like I used to do crossfits and hot yoga and all of these things that were very strong and very dynamic and one of the challenges for me in my own recovery was I didn't have a map for doing things gently. Like my nervous system just didn't know how to do things slowly and gently. And um, even when I was trying to get back into things, there was always the temptation to do too much. I I was, you know, constantly holding the reins and putting the brakes on myself. But even even with that awareness, it was still so easy to do too much. And I think what I'm realizing more and more is like working with people who have actually had this experience themselves is just totally different to somebody who offers restorative yoga, offers some sort of yoga, but they've never had this kind of healing challenge before. And so, you know, coming to a space where 
you know this person gets it and they've been there themselves and then they are really attuned to what is required to gently guide your system um you know into those little bits of movement when they are starting to become available i think that's so such a gift to the community and i love that you've got the deep rest option this slightly dynamic but still a lot of rest option and then the one that is a little bit more dynamic so people have the opportunity to to sort of move through the different levels in their journey i just think it's a the beautiful offering that you have. That's really nice of you to say. I'm really glad that you think that. Um, I, like you, was a pusher before I was ill. I was a six o'clock in the morning boot camp outside, go, 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 machine Pilates, push myself. And in my recovery, I got it wrong a lot. Yep. <laughs> I, would go to, I would go to a yoga class that was labeled as gentle and it wasn't gentle. And I sometimes wouldn't listen to my body and lay on the floor. I would keep going. And then I'd be crashed out for days or even weeks afterwards. So it does take, well, it's a journey, isn't it? It's a journey going from a pusher to, uh, okay, I'm going to take it more steadily. And I think for me, that's why yoga has been so useful. Because if we're moving with the breath and we steady the breath before we move, then that's where we can get this sort of stability of calm movement. Yeah, I love the word. Stability is one of my favorite words for people with fatigue because everything just needs stabilizing. And then, you know, it's from those stable foundations that we, we build other things, strength and more energy and whatever else it is that we need, vitality. So I love that. Um, I was also thinking I need, I think I will be one of those people who circles back just the way that you've been talking about your restorative yoga, I think I need to come to your Thursday afternoon practice maybe because, you know, as I'm, you know, my energy is increasing. But also I think that kind of gets reflected in my business as well. And it's so easy to just, there's always, when you have your own business, there's always something to do, right? There's always an, an email or an inquiry or a client needs this, or this needs to be done or social media messages to apply to. It's just endless and um, I think one of my patterns from before is that I could just go and go and go and go for so long. And I, I do notice that that's coming back a little bit. So I think having that like allocated time where I know like I just have to sign up with Charlotte and do some deep rest at least once a week. Um, I think that will be a really, really good thing for me as well. It would be an honor to have you. And yes, that's why I have my daily-ish restorative practice. Most days, there's the odd day if I'm out all day, I don't do it. But I have my sort of, it's my time to rest now. Yeah. And it might be 20 minutes because I've then got to go on the school run, or it might be 40 minutes because I haven't got to do anything afterwards. But yes, I gather my props. Nothing else matters in that time. It's just about coming down, taking deep breaths. And what I also find really interesting now is if I'm grappling with a problem, I'm not quite sure what to do about something. I come to my restorative, I let myself settle, and I let that that question, that issue with creativity bubble away at the back of my mind. And usually by the end, that answer is there. Absolutely. It can also be used as a problem-solving um, tool as yeah. we, through the recovery I resonate with that so much as well. I think as somebody who's always been a you know a bit of an achiever, always trying to make things happen, 
what I've learned so much in my recovery is sometimes what we need to do is less. <laughs> sometimes we just need to take that step back and soften and allow the body to soften and the nervous system to soften. And then the creativity, the answer, the solution, whatever it is, maybe it is just release it and let it go. Um, that all comes when the body is in the most regulated space. A hundred percent. I yeah. um, I had a mantra as I was recovering, which was the slower you go, the quicker you get there. I love that. I think everybody should should yeah. steal that one from you. That's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. So Charlotte, um, two more things I want to ask you before I let you go. Um, where can people sign up? I'm sure if, if anybody feels anything like I do after listening to you talk about the beautiful offerings that you have, they're probably dying to know how they can join a class with you. So how do people do that? And where can they find you on social media? Yeah, of course. So my website is gentleyogawithcharlotte.com and my Instagram, it's charlotte. And then my surname Whiteman, which is spelt in a really unusual way, like the Isle of Wight and then man.yoga. So charlotte.whiteman.yoga. And we'll get those um, links in somewhere online as well so people right. can find them a bit more easily. Brilliant. Yes. Fantastic. Thank you. And um, just to kind of wrap up, any sort of final words of wisdom, messages um, to people who might be listening to this, whether they're just on their journey in their own recovery or, you know, interested in yoga, any final words of wisdom? So I've, um, I've got sort of five bits of advice that I wish I'd had at the beginning oh, I love this. of my journey. Um, and the first one is, it's a complicated illness with a multifaceted solution. I was desperate for there to be one thing wrong and one green piece of paper was going to give me the pill I needed to fix it. The second thing is I would say seek out skilled practitioners to help you, but equally listen to your body and be your own best guide. And part of that, I think, is because what helps at one stage in recovery can hinder at another. The third thing is the mantra I've already mentioned, the slower you go the quicker you get that better. Initially tried to push myself to get better, which was obviously the way I'd got ill. The fourth thing is learn to truly rest. I mean, we can't get better until we release the exhaustion. And I tried to push and not rest. So learning to rest was really important. And the fifth thing is find tools which soothe the nervous system and find tools which um, you find enjoyable. Healing is tough. And we don't want these supports to be punishments. We want them to be supports. So over time, these practices which soothe your nervous system and that you find enjoyable become not so much something you do, but more part of who you are. Those are such beautiful recommendations, points, guides. I don't know what you would call them, but yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel like I don't want to say anything else just to let that all sink in. Um, but I will finish by saying thank you so much for being here. It's been such an absolute pleasure. And um, there's parts of me that feel very touched by your presence here today. So I hope that the listeners feel same as you, or same as me, excuse me. And um, yeah, thank you again. And to the listeners, I hope you have enjoyed listening to everything Charlotte has had to share and have a wonderful fatigue recovery day.